It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And what do you know? It's a victory Friday, a victory weekend, and the Washington football team is in first place as they beat the Dallas Cowboys 41 to 16 on Thanksgiving afternoon and into early evening. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. We are brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. That's right. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, so away we go on this Friday, Victory Friday, again, weekend uh, edition as we take you through, and the Washington football team again wins 41-16 in Dallas as they pull away on Thanksgiving evening and improved to four and seven. And again, because the New York Giants don't play until Sunday afternoon against Cincinnati, and they have three wins already. They are three and seven uh, as well. They are the next team that can play, that can knock Washington out of first place. Before we get to what happened on Thursday, again, Washington now four and seven. The New York Giants 3-7, and seven, but obviously they have the head-to-head advantage. So if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals and improve to 4-7 and seven on Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati, they will have sole possession of first place because the Eagles don't play until Monday night football against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. They are... Three, six, and one going into that game. So if they were to win and then go to four, six, and one, and they would have home, they would have, I should say, first place over the New York Giants uh, and as well, quite honestly, the Washington football team, because at four, six, and one, better than four and seven. Uh, So if the Giants win or the Eagles win Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati for New York, Eagles home Monday night against the Seahawks, by Tuesday morning, Washington could be in third place in the NFC East. But for now, they're in first place by themselves. They are in first place by themselves. And as I look at the calendar, it's almost December. So enjoy it while you have it and don't discredit it. How about both Houston and Washington? First of all, two wins in five days, both putting up 41 points. Houston hammered Detroit also to improve to four and seven. How about that? Uh, although they let up more points than Washington did. All right, let's get to this game before we hear from Ron Rivera and Antonio Gibson, who finished with three rushing touchdowns on the day. A five-yarder, a 23-yarder, a 37-yarder to cap off the night. 
to make it 34-16. Antonio Gibson, the rookie from Memphis, 20 carries, 115 yards. Again, the three touchdowns, that's 9, 10, and 11. That's 11 rushing touchdowns in 11 games for the rook, Antonio Gibson, who waved bye-bye to the Dallas Cowboys, and that is where we're at. The numbers in this game are kind of all over the place. I again mentioned Antonio Gibson. Peyton Barber was really good, had a long of 15, 11 carries for 57 yards. That's I mean, you can't ask for anything more out of Peyton Barber, really, uh, than that. Also had a key pickup in pass pro, J.D. McKissick, only one carry for six yards. Logan Thomas, a key three-yard carry in which he got a first down, I think, on third and one and a half, roughly, on that, uh, as a Wildcat quarterback. Uh, Alex Smith, whatever. As a passer, Alex Smith, 19 of 26, for a buck 49, a touchdown, a really bad pick, which we'll get to, an 83-7 rating. Logan Thomas, again, as a, not a Wildcat quarterback, but as a trick play quarterback, of course, the former quarterback from Virginia Tech, one of one, 28 yards uh, in his lone passing attempt. But again, he was involved in a, several trick plays and also Scored a touchdown, did Logan Thomas did, so it was a big day for him. I'm surprised the Washington football team did not make him available after the game. Uh, He usually likes to talk to the media. Uh, He's kind of struggled of late, so uh, interesting there how they got him on track. Terry McLaren, 92 receiving yards, 7 catches on 9 targets. Uh, Everyone else was just kind of pedestrian, quite honestly. Dontrell Inman, 1 catch for 15 yards. Steven Sim, 1 catch for 8 yards. Going into the third quarter, only Terry McLaurin, as a receiver, had a catch for Washington. Antonio Gibson, seven targets, five catches, 21 yards. J.D. McKissick, two catches, two targets, 21 yards, but had a huge third and nine conversion for Washington after Dallas went for it on fourth and one, and that allowed Washington to convert Dallas's bad mistake in their own territory into a touchdown uh, because they converted on that third and nine for 12 to J.D. McKissick. And we mentioned Logan Thomas, four targets, four catches, 20 yards, including a touchdown, uh, and that was right before uh, halftime. A five-yard touchdown pass, about two and a half minutes left to go, a little less than two and a half minutes left to go, but that was after the fourth and one conversion attempt from Dallas, which was from their own 34-yard line and was an unwise decision, A, because of where you are on the field, B, because you don't have your right tackle, your left tackle. Then they pass instead of going Ezekiel Elliott. Um and Ronald Darby probably got in there early. Uh, he pretty much did. Uh, and they didn't get the call. And those be the breaks. But the bottom line is, is, you know, there were other calls that went against Washington that they didn't get either. So uh, the bottom line is this. The Washington football team made Dallas pay when Dallas served up the game on a silver platter, which they did by going again for it on fourth and one from their own 34-yard line. You cannot do that. You cannot do that, in my opinion, okay, um, in the type of game that we were in. If you look at it from this respect, Dallas, again, was playing desperate, even though they were coming off of a win in Minnesota, 
even though they lost Zach Martin early, that certainly hurt them, uh, and their left tackle. And Zach Martin, normally their Pro Bowl right guard, playing right tackle. They lost him for the game. Washington defends this fourth and one in a 10-10 game. You're going for it fourth and one from your own 34-yard line in a 10-10 game. I mean, it's not like you had to go for it. It's not like you were desperate. It's not like anything of that sort. So to me, I don't mind a good gamble. We've talked about this on this podcast before, obviously, with Ron Rivera, right? Nobody minds a good gamble that, you know, you can't justify. But this one, I don't know. I mean... Again, I've seen coaches probably do worse and more egregious things, and 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 maybe Dallas did the same thing uh, later on, which we'll get to. But the bottom line is this: to go for it on fourth and one from your own thirty-four, to throw it instead of running it. You know, again, at least if you run it, which Washington's probably expecting, at least if you you say, all right, you know, we used our, you know one of our most expensive weapons in terms of Ezekiel Elliott. We tried to run it up the shortest path, all that stuff. Uh, And then on top of that, they took a 15-yard personal foul for unnecessary roughness on the tight end, Dalton Schultz. Now, they almost got off the field forcing a field goal attempt, but J.D. McKissick from Alex Smith, right flat, 12 yards, third and nine conversion. We mentioned that earlier. Two plays after that, Logan Thomas pushes off to create separation, but I thought it was really good timing, anticipation by Alex Smith to get the ball to him as he was engaged and as he was trying to get a clean release by shoving off the defender. They didn't call it. Maybe they missed it. Um, Certainly, again, calls can go either way in this particular game, but the bottom line is Washington got away with that one, and they made Dallas pay for that mistake. The other big secret sequence of events is this first we go back to a third and 10 at midfield Alex Smith terrible interception uh Jalen Smith runs all the way down the field gets inside the Washington five yard line but is tackled by Terry McLaurin who's full beat just runs him down and saves a touchdown so the defense comes on the field facing already a first and goal from the four. Remember earlier in the year, we kept saying, hey, you know what? The defense, it's okay if you can force a field goal when the offense puts you in a really bad spot. Well, they didn't early in the year. They did today or on Thursday because first and goal from the four, they got a two-yard stop um, on Ezekiel Elliott. That was uh, Cameron Curl uh, blowing up that play with some help from Cole Holcomb and others. Then... On a uh, like a, a pitch reverse, C.D. Lamb ultimately carried the football and gets sacked, essentially, for a four-yard loss. Jeremy Reeves was involved in that. Jimmy Moreland was involved in that. Reeves got the credit for it. Moreland kind of altered the play uh, by jumping in front of C.D. Lamb to try and knock it down. Uh, then, on third and ten, now they're back six yards incomplete and the coverage in the end zone was again Moreland and Jeremy Reeves then that forces a Greg Zerline field goal 28 yards so we have a 20 to 16 game at that point 
Washington gets the ball, right? And immediately they take a holding penalty on Tameric uh, Hemingway on first down, which knocks out a five-yard run. So you think, okay, this possession's not going anywhere. And you're right. They ultimately don't get, you know, better than a fourth and eight situation. And Tressway boots one 57 yards. 57 yards and down. So it's a net 57. And Dallas takes over at their own 12-yard line. That's basically the end of the third quarter. They go, uh, they 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 get a first down on a third and two scramble by Dalton. So you think, oh boy, here we go again. Again, tight game, Washington with a small lead. Uh, oh boy, here we go again. So they convert on third and two. Then first down incomplete, second down. in. Uh, they get seven yards on a short little completion of Amari Cooper. Then... Jack Del Rio comes up with a creative design to get Tim Settle free with three defenders on the left side, James Smith-Williams dropping out into zone coverage, two attackers on the right side, kind of a split bear front formation, a very creative design on third and three, and Settle gets home for a seven-yard sack. So now this is where the game changes. You have John Fossil, who is a very aggressive um, special teams coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who's known around the league. They had Johnny Hecker out in Los Angeles. He would run trick plays all the time. I think they even did one against Washington a couple of years ago. People know about his reputation, but it's fourth and 10 Dallas 24 yard line. And it's 20 to 16 Washington. You're not desperate. You're not doing anything of the sort in terms of desperation. And yet they run you know, this weird trick punt, and they lose a yard. Khalid Hudson shuts it down, uh, and others, and they're all in eyes in the back. And, and, and look, you know, they work on this stuff all the time, but you wouldn't expect fourth and 10 from your own 24 in a four point game early in the fourth quarter to run a fake punt. You don't need one yard, you don't need two yards, you need 10. So it didn't make any sense, but. I'm sure that's why they go for it is because nobody thinks they're going to be that stupid to do it, right? So if if you convert, you're great. The problem is, is again, you're at your own 24 and you needed 10 yards. That's the problem. And Washington then turns that one play later into a 23-yard touchdown. So the bottom line is this. Dallas handed that game pretty much to them on a silver platter. Uh, and those are the two big sequences. There was more stuff. We mentioned Antonio Gibson with three touchdowns. We mentioned Terry McLaurin, his role uh, overall in the offense, and also chasing down that interception that saved at least four points. And then Montez Sweat finished it off with a rush off the left edge, knocking and swallowing down a screen pass to the right flat uh, for a pick six and a touchdown, and boom, the game was over. So the Washington football team wins. They go to four and seven. They're in first place all by themselves until at least Sunday afternoon. We'll see what happens to the Giants in Cincinnati. We'll see what happens to the Eagles against the Seahawks on Monday night. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Ron Rivera from Arlington after a 41-16 win next. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell here for our friends at Pepsi. That's right. I have a ice cold still. Let me knock it, right? Just so you know, Diet Pepsi with me right now as I do this podcast. 
uh, here late on a Thursday night after the Washington football team comes away with a big Thanksgiving win. And you should have had a ice cold Pepsi or an ice cold Diet Pepsi at your side throughout Thanksgiving and all this weekend. Why? Because, well, this football season is different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Again, I uh, had Thanksgiving dinner, watched the game, took my notes, did my shows, doing the podcast, all with cans of Diet Pepsi from the fridge right by my side. I can't do it without. Pepsi is the refreshment. You need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. It's not made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. You and me. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, back here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell, right out to Ron Rivera at AT&T Stadium late on Thursday evening after his team improved to 4-7, and seven, jumped to first place, and beat the Dallas Cowboys 41-16. Hey, Ron, uh, what did it mean to, to come down here and be able to get a win on Thanksgiving? Well, it means a lot. It really does. These guys have worked hard and have played some quality football, especially the last few weeks. And so for them to come out and, and, and play one of our divisional rivals uh, and on, on, on Thanksgiving especially and play as well as they did, especially in the second half, um, that, that's huge. It really is. And, and so I'm very happy for our football team. Hey, Ron, there's you guys a lot kinda... to unpack from this game. There's a lot to unpack from this game, but the play Terry McLaurin made uh, to save that touchdown reception, I mean, take me through that. And what I know it doesn't show up in the box score, but that's a play that really stands out. It did. It's a huge play because all it did was give us a chance. And that's all you need, really, is a chance and get the opportunity to do it. And that's what they did. Terry gave uh, our, our defense a chance. Our defense voted Sinek, forced the, forced the field goal. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we were only down by four at that point. I mean, we we're only up by four at that point. Um, but, you know, then the offense went down and scored. So a lot of good things, a lot of pluses and positives as far as that's concerned. Ron, you, you talk a lot about learning to win and this yep. team trying to learn to win. Is this one of those games where that yep. finally kind of came together for you, do you think? It is. It's one of the things we talked about at halftime. Um, and then after the game, we talked about exactly that, that when you get a chance, you got a team down, you know, you've got to score, you, you, you've got to distance yourself from them. And that's what they did. They, 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 you know, they, they went out and did the things that you know, we talked about. Um, they played physical to the end. Hey, Rod, Rod, the um... – when you have, when you're able to run some of those trick gadget plays and all that, what does it say about the comfort level with the coaching staff has in that offense and what you guys are seeing? Well, you know, there, there's, there, there's, you know, Scotty's got, you know, Scotty, Scotty's got some innovation, um, and, and and when you watch some of the things that we do, some of the things that we work on in practice, um, you know, you can see uh, the potential for, for big plays and, and using the guys and, and giving them opportunities to use their skills. That, that's huge. I mean, you know, doing what he did with Logan, that was big. Um, you know, and, and again, those are things that we have players with specific skill sets, which we need to take advantage of. 
Can you walk us through that play where Alex handed the ball to JD between his legs and just where that came from? We saw you did it in Carolina, so just talk about the design of all that. Exactly. It's, it's a little bit of a trick play. Um, you know, something that we used in Carolina, we actually scored in Carolina on it. Um, they had one player that saw the action, and he almost got through and stopped it. Uh, fortunately, JD made a miss, and, and he, he got around the right end. You know, and the idea is, is, to, is, to, is to have JD kind of hide behind everybody, uh, take the quick snap, hand it to him between his legs, and Alex and, and, and the backs would roll opposite of where everybody else was going to kind of, you know, pull them along. And uh, it, it was successful. We picked up six yards. Uh, and, and, again, it's, you know, a little, little innovation there. Ron, where did, where's the genesis for that play? Where did you guys where, – where did that – was that – did the roots go back to the fumble rooski or where did they start? Um, it actually goes back um, to a to a movie called um, Little Giants. Okay, uh, and it's called um, you know I hope I don't get in trouble, but it's called the annexation of Puerto Rico. Um, we we also but we nicknamed it the Bumaruski so that because um, most of these guys don't don't understand it, so we had to explain to them who 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 Bum Phillips is, uh, and we did it in tribute to. Uh, you know, him as chairman of the uh, bummer. Ron, there is a rumor out there that you've watched The Little Giants over a hundred times in your life. So I guess you like the movie The Little Giants. I, I did. You know, when when um, you have kids at that age, you know, uh, my, my Courtney, my daughter, loved the movie, so we watched it a lot. Hey, Ron, we ask you almost every week about the development of Antonio Gibson. Uh, what do you say about him at his development after that performance? I think he's still growing. I mean, you know, he had some really good runs and, and again, popped a couple for touchdowns, scored three today, actually. Um, and the thing about him is he, he's, he, he's, he's got so much potential and ability. He, he's a lot of fun to watch, you know, and, and pretty excited about, uh, you know, who he's developing into. Um, I, I thought the, the three running backs all got opportunities today and they all took advantage of it. And it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. After the Cincinnati game, you spoken about this being a mental reps week and it certainly looked like on the fake punt and then also on the reverse in the red zone that you guys it's you guys sniffed those plays out pretty well can you talk about defensively being able to to see those plays develop and, and be in position to stop those key plays those momentum plays well i know this you know as far as the defense was concerned i know jack and and, and the staff talked about um the, the 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 trick plays and that we had to be prepared for that um you know especially in certain points in the game um and, and i know again it, it, it it's something that you know you, you look at the team's history you look at some of the things that they've done you go back and you watch a lot of tape and you see those things that that, that tell you hey you got to be aware so kudos to those guys for preparing as far as special teams is concerned you know looking at what they did this year they, they've run a couple of fakes already um you know and and, and have blocked some kicks so they, they're they're very active special teams so we were prepared for that um actually on that reverse they ran um nate cakes are our special teams coach had us in a uh, in one of our uh, uh, prevent defenses, um, so that we were really prepared, and then uh, the guys were able to sniff it out. Hey, Ron, for the Little Giants play, um, do you like just bring that to Scott, or does Scott bring that to you? And you haven't run it since 2011, I, I don't think. Yeah, it was. We ran it. We ran it uh, against Houston, um, against the Texans, and it was successful. Uh, Scotty was on that staff, so he uh, he, he he revived it. And uh, we worked on it in practice, and uh, it worked in practice, too. You guys uh, sniffed out their fake punt there at the end. What, what can you say about your special teams and, and their preparedness for that? Well, that's exactly what we talked about was, was that, you know, you look at what Nate does. Um, um, 
and he does it every um, every Friday and Saturday. He goes through uh, the potential for fakes and what, what what a team has done in the past, and you know when we need to be aware of it. Uh, he's a very thorough coach. He did a really nice job for our guys. Ron, with Antonio and Montez, it seems like the, the performance today came from your young core. I wonder if you've seen them as a, as a group take that step forward that you've been looking for. Oh, most certainly. Um, you know, and, and again, you, you look at the blocking up front uh, for Antonio. You look at the wide receivers blocking downfield, the tight ends blocking, the pullers, all that stuff. And, and, and you can see it kind of come together. Um, and, and that's big. And, and, and for Montez, you know, being part of a rotation and, and understanding what we're trying to get out of him as a rotator, you know, uh, defensive end for us. I mean, you know, if there's 60 plays, you know, we're hoping he gets about 40 good quality plays and, and we try to rest him for 20 and he seems to eat that up. And, um, you know, and again, I think it's all part of the development of our group. Hey, Ron, you used Jeremy Reeves back there at free safety a little bit more tonight. Um, what was, why, why, why there? And what did you, he made a couple big stops in, in the second half. He did. And, and so did Trap. Um, you know, so did Apke. I, I think the thing that, you know, we got a, we got a couple of young guys that, that, that need to get on the field and, and we got to rotate these guys for opportunities. Uh, and it was good to see those guys get those chances and, and watch those guys play. You, you've talked a lot about being close the last few weeks. Like you feel like you were close. Does this feel like a, a corner turning a little bit? Is that too, is that too much to say at this point? Um, it is, I think, I think, I think we're, we're, we're getting closer. Um, you know, we got a hell of a test coming up next week. We really do, um, getting ready for Pittsburgh. So that, you know, that, that's a big test and, and our guys, you know, have to have to get ready for a, a heck of a football game against a very, very, very good football team. So, you know, we'll see where we are, you know, when, when you, when you get a chance to test yourself against one of the elites right now. Ron, what does it say about this team, just the preparedness on a short week especially? You know, you've talked about the special teams prevent on the reverse and everything else like that, but what does it say on a short week that your team was so ready for that in particular, and especially Cooley Hudson, the rookie, being in a position to make that play? Well, again, like I said, kudos to the coaches for what they've done, you know, in terms of pre preparing our guys. Um, you know, we, we, we didn't bombard them this week with a whole bunch of stuff. There was a lot of carryover from last, last week's uh, game plan as well. Um, I think the coaches understood that. I think they did a good job in terms of mixing some of those things up with uh, with a few things, and, and again, not overloading them mentally. I thought the guys did a really good job. You know, where where because of the new protocols, we're doing everything in terms of um, 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 virtual meetings now, and um, so to have guys you know locked in, keyed in, and doing the things that we need in terms of preparing, that that that, that that's cool. That really is that that, that that's a big deal for me. Ron, and also, it seems like Scott can... Turner and the – it just seems like Scott Turner, especially when Montez Sweat had the interception for a touchdown, the team just looks like it's having fun. And Scott yeah. Turner, with his calls, looks like he's having fun. How important is that with the young team that, you know, came in 2-7, and seven, you have the two wins now, how important is just having fun at this stage of the game? I, I think what it does for them is, is it, it just it just kind of makes them hungrier to win because, you know, that's when you're having fun, honestly. And, and I think that's – they're starting to understand just how important it is to – to do, you know, to be your best and do your best because again, if you can win games, it is, it is a lot of fun, believe me, and, and they deserve to have it. it. It's been a strange year, but they've worked very hard. Another one of the big plays was uh, Terry McLaurin running down the yeah. uh, the interception. What, what was that? Um, what did what was your view on that? And, and did you get the sense that you know uh, it was compared to the DK Metcalf play from a couple of weeks ago? I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, I do. And, and, and the thing about that is, is when you give a, when you give a team a chance and, and that's, again, all we needed was needed a chance. I thought Jack and the defensive coach did a nice job with the red zone. Again, you know, the last few weeks, we've been very, very good in the red zone. And, and that was an exciting 
um, three downs to watch. And, and, and again, kudos to our guys for, you know, for keeping them out of the end zone. As far as what that, as far as what that speaks to, to Terry, I mean, you know, not only did he give him a chance, if you probably had one player on your team that you know would do that, I would estimate it would be Terry. Just can you speak more to even, um, you know, what that does for your team and just knowing that he's the guy, your captain, that all these guys are behind that was able to make that play. And that's exactly it. I, I think, Heather, the big thing about it is that when, when you have a guy that you can expect or anticipate that type of play, that type of effort, it says a lot about who he is as, as, as a football player and a young man. So, again, it, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you. Um, when it happened, you know, first thing I did was I said, hey, thanks for giving us a chance. And, and lo and behold, Jack and the defense, you know, bowed their neck and forced the field goal. By the All way, right. that, that annexation of Puerto Rico was against the Cowboys in that, in that movie. So, just saying. <laughs> Just I know. saying. I know. Thank you, guys. Thanks, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thank Thanksgiving. All right, that's head coach Ron Rivera. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com for providing the audio uh, on that from AT&T Stadium in Arlington. All right, we'll come back and put the finishing touches on this episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast next. Stay with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so as we close up shop here, we tell you that the Washington football team, again, in first place, at least through Sunday afternoon. We'll see what happens with the Giants in Cincinnati. We'll have another episode for you. Uh, late Sunday night, maybe early Monday morning, kind of depending on how things play out. Um, but we're going to take a little bit of time off this weekend. As the players are, they face the Pittsburgh Steelers next Sunday, we think. Now, the latest on the Steelers is they were supposed to play Thanksgiving night, Thursday night. Then they were supposed to play one fifteen Sunday afternoon against the Ravens at home. The problem is Lamar Jackson now, among other Ravens, have tested positive for the coronavirus and they've had a huge outbreak um, because of some shoddy um, care and 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 um, and paying attention to details. And uh, there you know, a lot of members of their team got it so much so that they had to move the game from primetime Thanksgiving night into a Sunday afternoon window, something they did not want to do. And so now you have a situation of as we record this early Friday morning, we do not know. We do not know whether the Steelers and the Ravens are going to play on Sunday afternoon as scheduled now or whether that game is going to have to be pushed to Monday or Tuesday or not at all. We don't know. So stay tuned for details. Either way, the Washington football team heading to Pittsburgh, we think, next Sunday afternoon. Uh, and maybe the Steelers will have played. Maybe they'll be undefeated still. Maybe they'll have a loss. We don't know. So that's next for the first place Washington football team. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hope you're uh, all safe and uh, do the smart thing. Wear your mask uh, and socially distance and watch plenty of football. Thanks to our sponsor, Pepsi, and as well, Built Bar. I'm Chris Russell. Again, have a great weekend. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.